Hello and welcome to the fourth officials EPL and World Soccer podcast, guys. Ken Lee and Dr. Pete. James is not here. You know what, guys? Everyone else is trying to shut down, and we we just keep going. James has joined in. Yeah, James has joined in. Rumor has it that he's on a plane spreading disease. Who's to say where or when? But he said he couldn't make it for this podcast again. So once again, Dr. Pete, it will be an awesome podcast. Oh, yeah. He excels at spreading disease. It's actually why I showed up. I couldn't miss two weeks in a row without James. Without James. So we can count we can count Ken out for next week regardless of results. Regardless. Yeah. Win or lose, I'm out because James is back. Well, there may not be any games next week, so um, we'll see. Not true. Are they doing not true. They're going going behind closed doors, Ken Lee? No, no. Boris, he just came out today or yesterday. He said fill the stadium. Fill the stadium. Fill them up. Fill them up, mateys. <laughs> we did have plenty of games this weekend that were interesting, at least. There were still a few games. It seems like the ones that got postponed, the exception of maybe the Manchester United games, were the ones that nobody wanted to watch anyways. <laughs> what do you guys think? Like Villa, true. Burnley, Southampton, Brentford, Watford, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Norwich. So. I think more importantly that when, like, I haven't seen anything about even a, a pencil of when they're going to fit these games in. That's well, they started, the point, Ken. <laughs> they started moving the FA Cup games around today. I don't know if you guys saw that. Well, that's just the, another problem on top of it. Well, the FA Cup matches are played in the first week of January. The uh, I think it's the third round. The entry round for the top Premier League clubs. Um, and they're starting to move those games around. But the bottom line is the same, Ken. What's going to happen is... Manchester United and Tottenham, who've had several matches rescheduled, postponed, are going to play, like, three games in five days. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's for just sure. going to be... You're just going to be praying for a one nothing win in the slog. That's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, there were some matches this weekend, and there was actually one big match, Ken Lee... A big match this weekend. Uh, the Arsenal are rolling right now. Very mad at losing to King Carrick two weeks ago and are absolutely on a roll. We'll get into those. We're actually going to talk about two Arsenal games, Ken, in uh, some detail. Some detail. But we're going to start with we're going to start with Liverpool two, Tottenham two, Doctor Pete. So this match was full of incident. Um, it, it, somebody said it actually encapsulated the Premier League perfectly. It had a red card, but should have had two. It had poor refereeing. It had goals that should have been, but weren't. It had poor goalkeeping. It had good goalkeeping. And it had some nice goals as well as some poor goals. Andy Robertson scores a goal, gets sent off. Harry Kane scores a goal, should have been sent off, Dr. Pete. But uh, overall, you have to be happy with 2-2 against one of the hottest teams in the world. Yeah, I it was an action-packed 90 minutes. I think, I'm sure as a neutral, it was a lot of fun to to watch this game. It was back and forth. And, you know, I think everybody was left frustrated with the referees, um, especially the butthurt Liverpool fans. But, you know, we've certainly been on the end of a lot of bad referee matches. But it was, it was fun to watch. Uh, watching it from a Tottenham fan's point of view, when I saw the starting lineups come out and we were missing 
pretty much our starting midfield and um, some of our back line, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a loss. We're going to get destroyed. You see, the last time you saw Delhi and Ndamale in the midfield, it was against Arsenal, and they absolutely destroyed us in the first 20 minutes of the game. And Nuno got fired for that. <laughs> <laughs> so you were um, you were anticipating but, something similar. Yeah, but uh, Liverpool were also missing some key players, Van Dyke. But both of us were missing. You know, they're like, uh, you guys had two weeks off. We've been playing every three days. Well, like half of our players had COVID. They weren't training and they were sick. So it's not like they were in, you know, uh, had good fitness. So overall, I think it was even from that standpoint going into the game. But um, just the way that we set up, um, it was absolutely shocking to me that Klopp did not adjust his high back line once he uh-huh. knew Van Dyke was going to be out and Henderson was out and he was putting in Tyler Mick first timer out there, whatever his name was, um, who looked completely deer in headlights, terrified of playing in the Premier League. Um, Are you talking about Kanata? Oh, Morton. You're talking about Morton. Yeah. Tyler Morton. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Tyler McNew guy. Um, <laughs> okay. They, uh, he just played his high line, and we every time we got the ball from them, we went straight out to the wings, uh, the space where TAA and Robertson had pushed up. Yeah. Into that space through the channels, time after time after time after time, we should have had three goals within the first fifteen or twenty minutes. Um, yeah. It was. I was really disappointed and thought it was going to come back to bite us, and it did in the sense that we didn't get three points. But I mean, this is the most xG we've had against Liverpool in probably five years. I think it was three point four xG or something mm. ridiculous. Um, and, and and this is not a new tactic for us. We did this against them last year at our place with Mourinho, uh, yeah, and outplayed them and had better chances than them and end up losing that one anyways. But to not adjust after it happens, you know, four or five times, even after halftime, instead of Kane and Son, then it was Delhi was making runs out of the midfield and just Deli right over, back. <laughs> right over back. TAA's shoulder looking like it was 2015. Um, but I, I honestly, I felt a twinge of or it felt as if I was watching like early Potch Tottenham. Aww. And I have not had that feeling in a long time. Not to say that, you know, Liverpool is a better team than us. They have better players. There's no question about that. But the game plan that Conte came out with was exceptional. And then Klopp after the game has the the balls to say, oh, well, we played football and they, you know, just kicked it as far as they could to Harry Kane and son. It was like, you know what? you dude you know, we, we, got, we got completely out coached in this one and yeah the referees were bad and you complain about everything in the universe but come on he's such a terrible sport man just an awful sport less yeah, likable I, by the day it really is i don't know if it's like a like a take the focus off my team kind of thing i i think it might be but hey, the amount of complaining that klopp does when he loses i mean I, I don't know that there are other managers that complain as much as he does. There's always specific things that he'll complain about. And and usually it's something to do with either the schedule, which everyone else has a problem with, 
or it'll be the refereeing they missed a call or something like that. It's it's like the same two things. And in this one, I do agree. Ken, back me up here that Harry Kane should have been sent off. And I'm sure I think oh, even I, Pete agrees. I 100 agree that uh, it's an ab- absolute. Call like, sure. it, it's an, yeah. it's only amazing that it's just a, a a horrendous foul like that gets missed by VAR. I mean, we've got 900 referees watching the game and still that like something like that gets missed but at the end of the day i mean who really cares it didn't get called so yeah and, adjust well, accordingly and play i mean it yeah exactly and it's it doesn't put them at a disadvantage yes they would have been at a huge advantage if the refs had called that but you're That's still 11 on 11 mm-hmm. so you know you the refs missed that call we've all seen games where refs have missed a red card come on man i mean you got to get it on and play the game play 11 on 11 it's still you're still favored so shut up and play the game. The yeah. refs missed it. I agree with that. It's just one of those things where, and I don't want to take uh, off of the subject of the game, but the VAR was implemented for this reason, and almost this reason <laughs> alone. <laughs> You're and absolutely it's still, right. It's still yeah. a talking point. And I remember talking to Tom like years ago when this was like first created, and I was like, this is all still going to be bullshit because... It's still going to be a human who ultimately says, nah, no slow motion replay. I know that uh, what you see is heinous and, and terrible, but I don't think he really meant to do it. So let's give him a yellow. Like, it, it, it's all stupid. But, you know, back to my original point. Klopp is a whining, complaining idiot. And back to your better point, Pete, I never thought of it that way. You're not at a disadvantage. That is that's very true. Like, just play on. Adjust. Yeah, it's not like it's not like you got a red card and it shouldn't have been a red card. You know, it's it's a little bit different in that sense. It does not change your. I mean, you're still playing on the same playing field. So I think you got to. He, he didn't adjust after that. Yeah, I think he was just playing the way they normally play. I don't think that they wanted. They don't really make huge adjustments yeah. from game to game. They just play their own style. But getting, I mean, Ken, that's a good side conversation, though, talking about VAR. Um, in the Arsenal-West Ham game last week. Oh, my week, God. You're still Arsenal on Arsenal 2-0. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm not going to get into the, like, the, the hard part of it. I'm not, I'm not poking you in this case. All I'm saying is when they went back and looked at the, at the foul for the, for the red card and the penalty. Well, it wasn't a red card. They, oh, the double, it was a double yellow, right? A second yellow? Yeah, the second yellow. It was a second, second, second yellow. yellow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but what they said was he's going back to see if he agrees that he made an egregious error, and that I think is the main thing with all of these calls that are coming out. They have to go back and be like, "Yes, I messed that up." Well, it's I and missed I a clear that's and the obvious gray area they're exposing. It's huh? I missed. Did I miss a clear and obvious? Yes. Did I miss something? And and it really doesn't matter if there was an error it has to be clear and obvious and like it sounds like a small gray area right like a really well, tiny so one I... but it really hasn't been a small gray area they've used well, it well they've made it to where it's not and that's always going to be the yeah, case exactly. because the referees don't want to lose their decision making power so even like the, the, yeah, the, exactly, the exactly. statement or, or or the 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 grayness around it to say VAR is in place to fix clear and obvious misses is so stupid. If it's so clear and obvious, we don't need a video camera to tell us. Like, yeah, I totally so, agree. That's the point I was making. So, 
But I wasn't on the last episode. I don't know what you said about it, but I'll tell you this. He missed the ball, and he clipped Lacazette right below the knee. It's a foul. You would call that a foul at midfield. I don't understand why you're so... You're so opposed okay. to not calling it a foul in the box. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to bring that back up. That game's in the past. I'm not even going to take the bait Thank you. there. Uh, I'm just going to say, I'm, I'm just going to say that I think Harry Kane's tackle was, well, that was obvious in, in real time. Yeah. It was obvious. It was like like late wild studs up. It was wild. It was everything that they're supposed to be taking out, and he should have been sent off, but he wasn't, and the game continued. Um, I think later in the match that uh, Andy Robertson should have been sent off and was like that guy's been begging for a red card. They said that, that Liverpool hasn't gotten a red card in like 90 matches Jeez. or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like that actually that, that made me like stop and think. I was like, well, how's that possible? You know, like you get only should have brought that up. You know, when yeah. it was Klopp was making fun of him about the penalties should have been like, well, yeah. you guys haven't gotten a red card. That is matches. crazy. Yeah. 90 matches. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So I think Robertson, if you guys have seen any of the comps of him or watched him play, there's a, there's one back in the Champions League where he smacked Messi on the back of the head when he's running by, and everybody's like, <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You know what, though? That's a red card. <laughs> it is funny, but wrong? it is a red card. Yeah. It is funny. We laughed at it. But isn't that a red card? Yeah, Off the ball, smacking player. Exactly. He's a dirty player. And in this case, like, it finally caught up to him. But how does a player like that go, like, three seasons without getting a red card? So I feel like, you know, he's a player, based on all the things I've seen about him, Liverpool fans love him for it. But he got a red card. Like, he did something really stupid in a big match that was very evenly matched. And it cost them three points, probably. They were – they – you're down a man. All of a sudden, you got to at the end of the game. They're putting on defenders instead of forwards. You know what I mean? No choice. Yeah. Well, it certainly cost him a, a chance at winning the game for sure. Yeah. So, anything to add, guys? Um, Liverpool. Jota's header was sweet, by the way. For a short guy, he is very good at heading. Um, I don't understand how you can do that at five foot nine. That's it was just I, a bullet exactly snap header from fading backwards. It was terrific crazy. header. Terrific header. Um, and Pete Deli Ali is alive. Do you want to add anything to that? He's alive. Yeah. Um, okay, we, we right? were just, it, this was his Newcastle trial. I was going to ask that. Do you think he's getting some minutes because, you know, uh, Tottenham's got to like show this guy out. Like he could still play guys. Come get him. Yeah. Come he get got him. some minutes because oh. everybody had COVID. <laughs> well, you Our guys... whole team had COVID. I'm actually kind of sore about the whole Newcastle thing because apparently Jesse Lingard won't entertain offers from Newcastle United in January, is what Mino said. That's just to drive the price up. I mean, his salary, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you, you think Newcastle won't be the highest bidder? They will. Like, but, but I think you know, the issue with market, that is going to be, and we've talked about this forever, but so it's, it's like it. dumb to keep talking about it, but it, it's just going to – they need to grab one player, and then the the, the the it'll be opened up. More players will come, but one player's got to go. Who wants to be the first one to go to Newcastle? It's going to be what happens. Uh, we have many of them that they could have. No, um, I know. I'm not saying just from United. I'm saying from the world. Like, what big name <laughs> know, player is going to go there first? And then they're like, oh, Lingard will be like, oh, well, all right, yeah. fine. 
200k what? 200k and i get to play next to this guy sure fine yeah you're right you're right i think they will sign some people i'm very sad that lingard has said that he won't he won't entertain newcastle i think that's selfish he doesn't <laughs> want to get sent down i guess super selfish <laughs> so selfish <laughs> so if you won't selfish. do it for yourself right, do guys. it for tom marsh that's or lingard <laughs> thanks thanks guys uh pete anything else to add to this match uh, I'd just like to take 10 seconds to talk about Sonny. Like, like the that? runs that he makes on those counterattacks, you know, when someone gets the mm-hmm. ball on the wing and he just goes sprinting from our side of the field, like, 60 yards, and yeah. the defenders are like, oh, crap. Oh. And he just goes sprinting past them by 20 yards. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's um, he's unbelievable. He's, he's such an underrated player and you guys have been talking shit about Klopp the whole day he was right you're just kicking the ball over the top <laughs> he's trying to play soccer for 90 minutes and you're kicking the ball to sun <laughs> it, was a, it was the counter-attacking sun um you're right though Pete you guys should have scored more goals I think everybody I guess should be content with two to two I but... mean there there's a there's days that this could have been Dude, those are big points. Yeah, you'd be happy with that. It's Liverpool. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine uh, with it. I think it was a very entertaining game, and I was like, our crowd was pumped. And uh, even if we lost at the end, I think our fans would have been very happy with the way that we played. Uh, most importantly, Ken, have you heard the new Tottenham song for Antonio Conte? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's great. It goes. <laughs> he is the godfather, Antonio Conte. He banned ketchup. He banned mayonnaise. Antonio Conte. <laughs> wow. I, I especially love the, the way they say mayonnaise. Like, to make it flow. Yeah, mayonnaise. mayonnaise. So, yeah, so it'll flow a little bit. You're it's welcome brilliant. for that. I didn't, I didn't have to. You didn't to have to do that. Do it you did that for us. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, undefeated under Conte, right, Pete? In the Premier League. And probably his biggest stroke of genius yet was getting Tottenham eliminated from the European Conference League because they uh, basically said, sorry, we can't fit this match in, this last group stage match. Sorry, guys. So they are out of the European Conference. They, they did a 3 nothing forfeit to the other team. The other team gets to go through, who was it, Vitesse or something? Is there a monetary yeah. fee, a fine that goes along with that too? If not, there so. should be you because just, you just don't you don't just don't make money for the this next sense game. A, this sets a precedent though for that third tier European uh, <laughs> tournament. Like a, a, another big well, club actually, is going to do that for sure. Well, just to get out of it. I mean, I don't. There aren't too many. Oh, that yeah. For that for that kind of course, right? of course, it's but, not easy to do. But if but you, it, like on the flip side, UEFA has basically made it clear they set a president that you know your entire squad could have covid and it could be spreading all throughout your entire stadium and they're not going to cancel any of the games so you're going to see yeah. you're inevitably going to see a champions league match that's going to be a or, or a europa league match which is going to be a complete mess and every one of these countries handles it differently yeah so there's going to be a match where the country says you you can't play and they're just going to have to forfeit. Just take the L. 
Yeah, yeah it's but, crazy. But, I mean, our whole but, team had COVID. <laughs> on, yeah. And it was Honestly, spreading. There was like six new tests every day. It was the stupidest thing. But the other thing that I heard commentators talk about was this is the first time that UFA has gotten a chance to stick it to one of the Super Club uh, teams. Oh, nice. Think nice. about that. And so given that chance, they're like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to stick it to them. But secretly, yeah. this is what I've yeah. desired. Well, and every other fan has desired for a long time since the beginning of the season. Little do they know that Conte's got uh, all UEFA Champions Cup or Confederate, whatever that stupid league is called, emails go right to trash. <laughs> he didn't even see it. <laughs> he hadn't even seen it yet. <laughs> Just went right to the trash file. Nice. All right, guys, speaking of trash, Wolves 0, Chelsea 0 in a snooze fest of a game. Chelsea, 8 shots, 1 on target. Blech. Had like .5 XG, I think. At halftime, they had .07 XG. Wolves, 4 shots, 1 on target. Um, there's really not a ton I want to talk about in terms of what happened in this game, except that there's a great freeze frame shot. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of freeze frames, but this one fits the narrative where Chelsea have six players across the back line and then two, and then I think it's, what is it, two up top. It's six, two, two. And it's like literally six against a Wolves team that hasn't been able to attack all year. It's a really, really big joke as Chelsea ties again here. Uh, I'll make it simple, Dr. Pete. I mean, obviously this is unacceptable for Chelsea to play this way, but are they out of the title race? Ooh. That's a tough question. I, I wouldn't I'll tell say... you what the points are now. <clears throat> Everybody's played the equal amount of games between the top three. Chelsea has 38 points. Man City has 44 points. Chelsea plus 27. Man City plus 35. Liverpool three points behind, but same goal differential. But ahead of Chelsea. Uh, I wouldn't say they're out of it yet, but they're certainly no longer in the mix the way they were in the in the first quarter of the season. I mean, you had to say that they were they were looking like their defense could carry them maybe to the end of the year in the race, but that does not seem to be the case anymore. And now their offense is faltering. Um, to to tie Everton and then follow that up with a, a scoreless draw against Wolves, mm-hmm. and they barely beat Leeds three to two on two penalty kicks. So their last three games have been actually bad. all their games since they uh, got broken by Michael Carrick. That's what everybody <laughs> says. Michael Carrick broke them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're they're definitely in trouble right now, and COVID's hit their squad pretty hard. But I, I think this year is so unpredictable that mm-hmm. you know Man City and Liverpool or Man City hasn't really had that many cases. So who knows what's going to happen with that? I'll just say that Chelsea is now twelve to one to win the title. Liverpool is just about 3 to 1. Manchester City is 1 to 3. That's Jeez. those are pretty long odds for Chelsea. 12 yeah. to 1. Um I, I don't think they're out of it yet, kind of like what you said, but they are really really close and they have bad momentum and it's not like they've gotten a ton of injuries. Um Ken, they're not really getting production out of their forwards like we say Shocker. every single week. Um and it was okay. When they were scoring goals, it was a you know as long as the ball goes in the net kind of thing. What do you think about the fact that you've Lukaku, 
You have uh, Havertz, who's seventy million. Lukaku's a hundred. Um, Zayic. Uh, you have all these players. Even Pulisic. None of these guys are scoring goals. Werner. Does at what point does the Chelsea hierarchy get upset that Chelsea is not scoring goals? Do uh, you think he has a lot more time? Ap- no. How can you? No way. Almost every dollar you've spent in the last two or three windows has gone to players that you were told by the scout that they score goals, and they don't mm-hmm. once they come to you. So it's it's it can't be tactical because. It was, it's the same story before Tuchel got here. They weren't scoring when he wasn't here. They're not scoring now that they are that he is here. And to the defense, like the goal issue, it, exactly right. It, it, it's not a problem until it's a problem. And right now it's a big problem. It's unfair to say they're outside of the title race now because you still have half the season to go. But um, the way that City and Liverpool are playing... One of those guys. You got six of them that can score goals. You That's need right. one. Can one of you score a goal? And I don't know if it if it's a if it's a get me the ball problem or if it's a finishing problem. But I've seen Chelsea. I've seen both as an issue. I've seen several of their attacking players miss absolute sitters that are like harder to miss than make. And at the same time, you see the ball where it never leaves the midfield and defense. Like, the midfield and defense are playing a game within a game almost. And that's fine as long as, you know, whatever defender you have out there is going to score a goal. But it's not good. Like, eh, I don't know. It, it, it was fine when it was fine. It's bad now. And they need to figure that out quickly. And playing six at the back, I mean... They weren't playing six at the back. It just happened to <laughs> be that time. Wolves. But you, I, I mean, I think not to defend that screenshot or that that photo freeze frame. Several times mm-hmm. this season, we've seen Chelsea. They just get back really organized. Like they're not playing six at the back. They're not actually playing six at the back, but they do end up there, and I think that does stunt your offensive. Well, it does if you plan on Lukaku, Zayic. Uh, pulls it to score a goal, but I don't really think that Chelsea or the coaching staff plan on those guys scoring goals. So I think it's it's according to plan. Yeah, you're right. It's like a, instead of a counterattacking football, it's organized build yeah. up where you have a bunch of people and the, and they have or set pieces. Roles. That's why yeah. the center backs come forward or set pieces. Absolutely, absolutely true. But zero zero, Doctor Pete. Do you think that Chelsea is fading right now? Um, I, you hear the noise getting louder. The fans are getting more mad. They have Aston Villa coming up. Um, do you think they're fading right now? Uh, I think they'll. I think they'll get back on track. I think they got hit with COVID at a bad time. They did have some some injuries to to Conte and a few other guys. I mean, everybody's got injuries, but I I think they will get back on track. I don't think they have enough to get back on track, really into the title race and and win it and I have a question for you Thomas Ken for me if Chelsea comes in third Uh does not Uh win the Champions League let's say they come and make it to the quarterfinals Champions League is Tuchel fired we're talking about Chelsea here and they just spent a boatload of money I'll let Ken go first history would say third place yes and 
my mind tells me maybe. It's the only club I think it's it's not out of the question. I think yes. For that to happen. I think it's happened before just like yeah, this. That's what I'm saying. Like Champions yeah. League coaches, camp, Champions League winning coaches have been fired at Chelsea after coming in third place or not doing well in the follow-up season, not doing well enough. I think absolutely that Tuchel will be fired. And I was just looking up the schedule, guys. Sunday, January 2nd at 11.30 a.m. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, Chelsea-Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. That's a big one. You guys got this? It's a biggie. All right, on to more big matches, guys. Uh, Kenley, will Arsenal ever stop winning? That's the question. (laughs) Arsenal 4, Leeds United 1, and it may not have been, been that close, Ken. It was an absolute blowout. How are you feeling about Arsenal right now after they win 2-0 over West Ham on Wednesday? They win 4-1 on Saturday against Leeds United. And then they win their Carabao Cup match today. 5-1, Ken. Just getting better? Just warming up? What's going on here? All the above, probably. I mean, mean, I've been trying to tell you. For years, I've been telling (laughs) you this is coming. You've been trying to tell me. No, I'm I'm uh, uh-huh. I am I'm happy. <laughs> I, I I was ecstatic with the West Ham win because you know from a table perspective that that sometimes is a win. that's a stumbling block for Arsenal for sure. Um, well, most teams right so, now. So good. You know I I like that when the the Leeds win it was great to score four goals when we really should be scoring four goals because they they were injury ravaged covid ravaged whatever they didn't have many players to be able to play um so the fact that we got four goals the the only issue with that game is is we let in one but albeit a counter and a chip goal whatever but it's fine <laughs> um yeah it's it, it was it's good it's good it's it's good right okay, now so- i mean we're beating teams that i think you know we should be beating the problem is when we get up like one of these legitimate top 6 contenders we shell up. We need to start getting big wins against big clubs. I hear you, Ken. I'm asking you right now, where is Arsenal going to finish? Right Fourth. Fourth place. Wow. That's where you're sitting right now. West Ham is behind you with a game in hand. Yep. Uh, but they are four points behind you. Manchester United is behind yep. you with two games in hand. And they are five points yep. behind you. Tottenham, three games in hand. And they are six points yeah, I mean, behind you. You win the games, you think we win the games we're supposed to win. Grab a couple points when we're mm-hmm. not supposed to get a couple points. You know, we mm-hmm. Arteta has laid the hammer down once again on a big player. Mm-hmm. So you, no one's bigger than the club. And it's galvanized the squad, it looks like, at least. No one's bigger than mm-hmm. the club. And I think that it's not out of the question to think that Aubameyang has maybe played his last game. It does seem like that. It wouldn't uh, be against stuff, Arteta's. I mean, the yeah. quotes coming out are kind of like, yeah, he's. There's he's a precedent for that. I mean, he did it to Ozil, and I, I don't see him not doing it to Aubameyang. And to be honest, Aubameyang didn't do himself any favors before he came back late from a holiday that he was offered mm-hmm. for no reason. He wasn't doing anything to earn a holiday. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, well, you heard it here first. Arsenal is finishing where they are right now, which is fourth place, despite the Tottenham, Man United, West Ham teams behind them scrapping around. I feel like I have no choice but to say that as an Arsenal fan because we're there now. We theoretically win the games we're supposed to win. 
and hopefully, you know, mm-hmm. some bad luck hits some other clubs, right. and yeah, we finish it out. So we'll finish top four, we'll get Champions League back, win the Carabao Cup. Who cares? On to the next oh. one. On to the oh. next one. Whoa. Uh, you did win your Carabao Cup match game today against Sunderland. All the kids. Um, All the kids. I personally am very familiar with Sunderland. I watched Sunderland till I die. Uh, was it both seasons, Pete? <laughs> and they had a profound impact on my life and how I view English fans and how <laughs> their relationships with their fathers are... <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest thing out of that game today, the Charlie Patino goal, and Kedia scores a hat trick. I mean, the guys that need the need to show up. Charlie Patino's an 18 year old wonder kid, you know, supposedly. Whoa! They're really touting him up. They say that he's uh he's he could. Uh, they they say that he he has a a lot of like uh, Phil Foden characteristics. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you smacked Sunderland around. We needed to. Good. Um, you're on a roll, Ken. You're on a roll. Um, speaking of on a roll, Manchester City wins again, 4-0 over Newcastle. Newcastle's terrible. Manchester City is making December their bitch yeah. again. Um, Diaz scores, Cancelo scores, Mara scores, Sterling scores. Pretty much um, business as expected here. Destroyed Newcastle. Newcastle's in big trouble. Jesse Lingard turned them down. Um Guys, uh, anything else to add to Manchester City just rolling Dude, through right now? How? I, I, who cares about Manchester City? James isn't even here. They're winning games. Who cares? <laughs> They're winning. Doesn't matter. Newcastle is the big story here because uh-huh. you look at you look at their season right now. They're the richest club in the freaking universe. They are the only team in the bottom three that has played 18 games. And they're in 19th place. Yeah, I did see that. I did see that. I can't wait until Newcastle gets relegated. I can't wait. I mean, they haven't spent a dollar yet, and they had terrible players before. They're still terrible. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Someone spent a lot of money to buy them. So there's a lot of work to be done there, and it's hard to do a lot of work in the championship. I don't think There's Norwich no guarantees will... in the championship. I don't care how much money you spend. I don't think Norwich will do anything uh, with their game in hand. So the bottom three, 11 points for Burnley, 10 points for Newcastle, 10 Burnley's points Burnley's only Norwich. played 15 games. Um, they have nine points Burnley in hand has on them if they win. <laughs> three games in hand on Newcastle. Even Watford, who is three points ahead of Newcastle in 17, two. have two games in hand. So, yeah, I, I mean, Newcastle's in big trouble. We're at the halfway point. They need you to talk load about up. Um, Manchester City rolling yeah. through December, though, guys. Like I said, Tom, we don't talk um, about City when James is... isn't here. Well, we can talk about this. Uh, Phil Foden and <laughs> Jack yes. Grealish caught out <laughs> drinking or something or something, We have something, to keep the podcast uh, relevant. Do we have to... Allegedly. 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 There you go allegedly and uh dr pete's looking really really <laughs> soon that jack Grealish will be on the bench for the rest of the season as predicted by me a hundred times when he first got signed yeah <clears throat> i didn't think it would be come because uh <laughs> he was going to get caught in the middle of a pandemic with three hookers <laughs> on a tuesday night but who am i who am i to make that kind of prediction <laughs> who am i yeah yes <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Phil Foden's second strike for this, by the way. Uh, Pete, do you think that's just like um, it, you think it's a problem, or you think he's just English? I think you get like five. I think he's just young. If you're hundred hundred million right. pounds or more. Yeah, he's got a few more left. I mean, he's got a long way to go to catch some of the legends at getting caught with hookers. I mean, Wayne's obviously <laughs> he's set the Wayne's bar. He has set the bar the here, Wayne. <laughs> even even as a manager. <laughs> Wayne's story Dude, Derby has, has never thrown as it. good office parties since Wayne's been there. Oh yeah, <laughs> he upped oh, the sure. office party game. <laughs> sure, he did indeed. He did indeed. All right, guys. Uh, anything to add to Newcastle versus Manchester City? <gasps> no. I I just say uh, a lot of good games coming up in January. City plays mm-hmm. at Arsenal. They played Chelsea at home. Um, you mentioned Liverpool and Chelsea playing before. So January is full. God, I'd love to smack City on the first day of the year. God, I would love nothing <laughs> more than that. I would also. Well, that's that. that's your test, man. Right there, you're at home mm-hmm. against City. If you get beat five to nothing, God, I know. I'm not going to be very impressed. I know. There's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line, Ken. We'll do some bets or something like that. Um, all right, guys. So anything else to add to the Premier League or World Soccer scape as we look at it now, heading into the festive period with all these games getting canceled? Just let us watch some soccer, please. Please. Like, I don't need I players. Play. You can you can put Ndombele and Deli out there. Just let me watch my games. I, I feel the exact same way. I haven't seen my team play in two weeks. Well, Put a mask on. That's the worst. Oh, that's not. <laughs> it's not just about that, Ken. It's not like if just that they all just wore a mask, everybody be okay. It's not that simple. Not that yeah. simple. By the way, Arsenal has benefited ex- extremely, extremely from not having to play on Thursdays. So, coming in eighth place is the best thing that ever happened to your. Team. <laughs> Arsenal cheats is what Pete just said. No, yeah, there was actually, I saw like <laughs> I, some, I don't even know who put it out, but someone put an article out saying, uh, latest uh, UEFA decision, massive implications for Arsenal. And it was basically about them getting kicked out of the, <laughs> the conference. Oh, league. League. <laughs> oh that's mean. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, anything else to add overall? No. Nothing. Keep them coming. All right, so we're at the halfway point for the season coming up here. The next match, we'll do our halfway teams of the year, our MVPs and all that stuff when James gets back from Fire Island or wherever he is. Um, Can we do the team of the year while he's not here? No, I I wanted to save it. I wanted to save it so he could put it. We could just leave all the city players out. Yeah, well... Oh, uh, yeah, I'd like to... Ederson in goal, Phil Foden at striker, Sterling at wing. I'm telling you, they're all playing great. They're the best team in the world. They're top of the table. 11 players, that's the team of the season. Manchester City Blue. <laughs> Grealish has a hooker oh, problem, a but he'll be ready for the <laughs> Grealish is a little hungover, and so is Foden, but they're fine. We gave him an Advil. They're all right. <laughs> they're going to be in good shape. All right, for Ken Lee, for Dr. Pete, and an absent James Lewis, I'm Tom Miller saying I hope everybody has awesome holidays.
You know, we should have we should have gone on a t- another VAR tangent, to be honest, because that little clip that I sent you guys earlier about Barcelona, even at the risk of of it having detrimental effects on my arsenal, because Lacazette is is a diving. <laughs> I really think that VAR, like if you, if something happens to you, and VAR is going to look at it, VAR should also look at how ridiculously you acted about it. <laughs> and give you I a agree. yellow. I agree, actually, with that because it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, there's no reason not to. It's give simulation. Him a yellow there. Like you're at, you're yeah. you're overacting. Like it's so dumb. And by the way, Barcelona has. Oh always yeah, done that yeah. All Forever some clubs ever, do that. Ever. Pete used to yeah, love some Danny clubs Alves. do that, and some players do that. Barcelona is a club that does that. Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see that every once in a while with VAR when they go to look at like a red. And it turns yeah. out that like there was no contact. That happened. Um, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace, the first season of VAR. Mm-hmm. They gave, um, I think this was something like they had called simulation on uh, Z- Zaha, and then VAR said, "Oh no way, that's a PK." <laughs> we had a freaking PK called us like eight minutes after VAR took their time. <laughs> yeah. It does hurt. It does yeah. hurt.